It's only 30 minutes long, so I don't know how long that will make this podcast. Uh, I don't know, two and a half hours sounds about right Yeah, for us. yeah. I mean, let's see if we can push it to three. Fuck it now. Yeah, short one. I didn't know it was that short. Like, I knew it was a short movie, but I, I didn't know. I was like, what's a short movie these days? What, an hour? Yeah, I was expecting an hour. I thought that's what it was. Yeah. In fact, I had told my wife uh, last night when I set out to do this, like, oh, I got to watch this thing. Thank God it's only an hour. And then I saw it was a half an hour, and I thought, well, shit, I could put this off until tomorrow morning. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, you can really push this one to the last minute. I had to watch it on my phone because Comcast was being Comcast, uh, so I, I couldn't watch it today. Um, the internet came back, but, you know, it came back, obviously, because I'm doing this now, for fuck's right. sake. But I had to watch it on my phone, so, I mean, I don't think I really lost much by watching I, I don't feel like i needed to watch this on the big screen if this was on in a movie theater i wouldn't go considering and, and the I'd production quality of it um and and the general just sort of i mean it's fine yeah i yeah, guess yeah, yeah it feels I mean, like somebody's weekend project it's it's fan film level and and i mean like modern fan film not yeah like it's a quality jokey, fan film yeah, not like you'd mean by fan film derogatively, no. where, where you think someone's just slapped it together with a handy cam. No, we, we the kind that a video game blog would read, you know, like reblog. They right for some easy content. Oh, someone did this good Fallout Four film. Oh, they're dressed up like a wanderer. There's a super mutant. Ah, it looks okay. Uh, that's <laughs> that's what this is like. It's it's all right. Uh, the actor from Far Cry Five, the video game, who plays uh, the main one, uh, Joseph, Joseph. he's the same one in this in the movie as mm-hmm. that. The other ones are different. All the, the all the seeds are in it, but they're played by different performers. But Joseph mm-hmm. Seed is the same across. So he's got the same face. Uh, you know, it's it's the L.A. Noir thing and all the other games that don't design characters anymore. So they just have people, just fucking people. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, it... Uh, it hmm. there's, not the a, oh. there's not much meat on these bones. No, no, no. I mean, obviously it's... I want to say it to my fault, but... But... You know, it's still a a movie, and we still get to talk about it, and we can still talk about stuff. Well, okay, so we should talk about... It's a kicking off point, you know? We should talk about Far Cry a bit, Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, whatever we didn't cover already (laughs) with our last Far Cry podcast. Oh, that's right, we did do... Oh, my God. So there's even less meat than you thought, my friend. These are the slimmest pickings we've ever had. <laughs> so then I guess we've already been over how I have almost no experience with Far Cry I believe whatsoever. so. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So so the fact that we can't even talk about your inexp- your lack of anything to say. Right. We don't like, even have that in our pocket. Uh, th- th- <laughs> talk about how, how my, uh, what, what, I, what I've done in Far Cry was in like Far Cry 2 and I got into a vehicle and I, I drove a few times into an intersection where I was immediately killed by... Mm-hmm. I don't know how many fucking people surrounding me, and then I said, this game isn't for me, and never touched it again. Yeah, that game was basically like throwing butter into a, an oscillating fan <laughs> when you <laughs> drove through those checkpoints. That was a harsh mistress, Far Cry 2. Um, I probably said my story about when I stopped playing it, uh, when it just froze in a diamond pit. Uh, <laughs> it's a common place. Uh, that game was, was buggy as hell, but... but- but Far there's this new good. Far Cry. You've played it at least. Far Cry Five, yeah. It's you know, it's one of Ubisoft's like factory line of eight out of ten games. Yeah, and they are great, legitimately great, but completely the same experience over and over again from the Ubisoft mill, the video game mill. Um, it it is, it, it 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 might be as I've said before. It might be the best Far Cry game. It might be the best Ubisoft game. I don't know anymore. Right. I, I don't. I. It's 
gotten to the point where I can't distinguish between them on, on that detailed a level. It's just a blur of big map stuff to do. They're all pretty playable in that. You know, since Ubisoft got its act together post uh, Unity, I want to say. Like Assassin's Creed Unity was the last uh, truly bad one, I felt. And Syndicate picked it up. And since then, uh, Ubisoft has just become incredibly like machine efficient at bolting these games together spit shining them and putting them out and they are really good really good right you know right recon ghost recon wildlands really good assassin's creed origins really good far cry 5 really good but if i've got one i don't necessarily need the other it's basically just like pick Pick the aesthetic sheen you want on it, and then have fun. Uh, and you will have fun, but again, I, I don't know how many of these the industry can sustain. Yeah, I. Oh, to me, it seems like it's it's the logical endpoint of their annual release strategy, mm-hmm. right? They created a system where they have multiple studios that can work on independent parts and refine them and all contributing to these yearly cycles. And this is what they wanted. They wanted a perfect game that they don't have to change and that they can put out in perpetuity. And and actually, the example that I I draw is sports games. Um, Electronic Arts has the stranglehold on sports games, and they're one of the most dependable, reliable sources of income for a publisher. Because they are inherently uh, conducive to annualization. You can make one or two minor feature additions uh, to distinguish it from the prior version and push it out the door. And that's not to say that a lot of work doesn't go into making each of these things. They are still huge undertakings. But, But you have an expectation that when it goes out the door, because it's not taking that many risks and what has uh, been produced before worked, you can have a, a relatively strong sense that this is going to turn a profit. The uh, same fucking thing over and over. Right. And I think that for I think that there is, you know, an audience of people for whom they're going to recognize that and be like, this again, I'm sick of it. Um, but much like the sports games, if people like that, you know, and they just want more of that, they'll happily go back to the well and get more of that. And I, yeah. I, I, I mean, that becomes the, the, the question of how long that lasts. Like that's true now. How future proofed are you? Like, uh, are you just going all in on this? Cause that's the problem we have with the game industry. They see something work, they all jump on it all in and then only a few of them become successful, stay successful, and everyone else is, like, shutting down studios left, right, and fucking centre because they lost a bunch of money. I think with Ubisoft... I feel like Ubisoft's got it nailed, and a lot of game, a lot of other companies are going to try and do the same thing now, and they're going to have uh, not a great time. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I mean, Activision has had some success with Call of Duty in this respect. Um, it, it continues to do very well. I honestly could not tell the difference anymore between one Call of Duty and the Call next. Call of Duty is a fine example. Uh, Call of Duty, obviously massive blockbuster series. Last generation, it was the undisputed cream, not cream of the crop, that, that's a quality issue. The, 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 you know, king fucker shit mountain uh, every year, uh, last generation in terms of sales. Uh, but there's that... Uh, article I, I mentioned here and there on the Jimquisition from the Time Splitters dev that talks about how most first person shooters weren't successful. And even though there were so many of them, if you followed the game industry, you'd see so many of them because they were all trying to follow Call of Duty, but they were all failing. Uh, and then the game industry has never learned that lesson. They didn't learn it with uh, MMOs, they didn't learn it with. Um, uh, what, what did we have? Uh, like the League of Legends, the MOBAs. They didn't learn it with. Um, they're Cliff, not learning it with live services. Cliff Blazinski is not learning it as we speak. Cliff Blazinski is not learning it right now. No, I, I talked about Radical Heights this morning. Uh, 
and something tells me that maybe even a year from now, that reference will be very dated. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it will be successful, but uh, well, but look people already want to hate just, it. You just have to look back a couple of years at Lawbreakers to see. I mean, yeah, that was the best. I say the best thing. That was the most striking thing. Was uh, they they only quit they only gave up on lawbreakers last week and now they already have a new game announced a new bandwagon to to jump on. Yeah, yeah yeah from hero shooters straight on to uh battle royales and that's how the industry keeps fucking doing it and it's uh and i don't know i i i it, it's it's you could have said the same thing about the guitar hero stuff where it was like sure. uh Oh, well, it's all successful. People really like it, so keep doing it. But then they brought out 10 Guitar Hero games in one year, and the very next year that franchise was shuttered for good. They tried to bring it back a few years later, and both it and Rock Band 4 uh, failed to make a dent. Just just were out. <clears throat> Off they went. Sort of, sort of dissolved into the ether. Um, and and I, again, you could say, well, people keep wanting these Far Cry games these assassin's creed like just this the ubisoft games these ubified games but eventually you'll bring out too many and then you'll find out that that well is completely dry i think that ubisoft has positioned itself with a pretty good foundation uh, a broad enough foundation for attempting this between your far cries your assassin's creeds and your tom clancy right like, there's enough difference in the types of games that they offer that they can spread these very similar mechanics across them. And I think the one that's really in any sort of threat at any given time is Assassin's Creed because it is so somewhat dependent on its stupid narrative shit. Um, whereas yeah. Far Cry... I imagine had... that Ubisoft executives say that about the concept of any story in a game. <laughs> <laughs> that that may very well be true you know but but the sort of more anthology type approach that you see with far cry where every game is its yeah. own you know story uh without having to tie it all together that could persist much longer and there's you know you have an off year the next years could be great from no, they're, they're more or less they've, they've more or less done that with assassin's creed like you can pick up anyone now and play it and and they kind of shaved away so much of the future stuff. Good. Uh, I mean, I haven't played one since Assassin's Creed 4. That's right. How. Well, there you go. Yeah, they've... Uh, it's still there. And yeah. this last one, uh, Origins, it was a bit more relevant than previous ones, but it was all still so... It's all really independent now. Um, which, again, is part of the uberfication process that they've refined to where... Mm -hmm. From last year, I would say it really kicked off, where the games coming out now are this machine-perfect blueprint, no matter the genre. They're all more or less the same thing. And, yeah, while they're making money now, it, it could be good, but, you know, you don't know how much goodwill you're, you're eroding while you're making the money, because all you see is the money until the money isn't there anymore. Um, right. And, and I think we, I think we, we can see from history that the only real constant is change. Like, mm -hmm. There is going to come a point where a new idea, you know, just as we're seeing with the Battle Royale stuff right now, is going to come along and sort of upend what everybody's doing. And there's going to be a whole lot of focus there. And whether or not it, you know, it's probably not Battle Royale that's going to, you know, draw all the attention away from these really refined, crystalline Ubisoft games. But there's going to be a point where there's something someone wants or lots of people want that Ubisoft won't be able to fit into this machine. Yeah. And it's going to be a problem for them. But until that day, I can see them printing money for, you know, indefinitely. I, I really don't, I don't think that the, I think that the mechanics and the gameplay for people who are into them. You well, know, here's the I'm, thing, like, I, I, I can't deny I'm into them myself. That, that's yeah. why I've said, like, they're all good. They're all very fine games. Uh, I just, I don't know how many I'm going to be able to, bother with before 
too long. That's before the thing. there it's, are it's other. Everyone's, I, I think everyone's going to reach a breaking point, and it might last years. It might. It might not. It. I. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's. It's all dependent on everyone's individual tolerance, and also how many get pumped out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, they, Once if we get ten Assassin's Creed games in a year, like we got oh with Guitar Hero, yeah. then then we're in trouble. I I wouldn't go beyond annualized releases just for fear of of market saturation. But I'm not a greedy video game executive, so what the fuck do I know? Yeah, yeah. There's lots of potential to drive these things into the ground. Assassin's Creed Pachinko machines. There's the future. Mm. That's the new wave. Should we talk about uh, Eden's inside Eden's inside gate? Eden's gate? Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's why do not? That. Let's get that bit out of the way. We open with shaky cam footage broken by titles uh, that feature a scared man running and talking about how Eden's Gate is here. And there's little flashes of other footage of people doing strange things in, you know, culty type sense. Yeah. Cut to the interior of a car (laughs) where the scared man is producing a vlog with two women. So already, already this movie we can tell is telling a... me we should hate these characters and want them to die. Also, he's a really bla- uh, bad vlog editor because he put the ending at the beginning. <laughs> that works for Tarantino, not on YouTube, mate. Pretentious. Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> There are questions about who who did the editing of this. Well, I mean, just from a general sense, it's... Uh, I mean, here's the thing. It's Ubisoft in association with Asylum. And I want to say it's... I've, I've, is it the same Asylum as the one that do all the mockbusters? Um, because sometimes probably. the quality is... On that level. Yeah. Of that yeah. sort of... That could be. I've seen some Asylum movies where it's far, far below this. Far, far below this level. But some of their ones is about this. <laughs> uh, it, it is not their really... Their best ones. Asylum's best work is on par with this. So it it is not clear to me, and I don't think they do a really good job of making it clear at any point in the film what the fuck these people are doing. Right? What are they doing? Oh, the vlogs. The yeah, vlog they're they're vloggers. Okay. Yeah, they're vloggers, <laughs> and they're on their way to a cult because they were contacted almost as if they were like Jim will fix it, uh, like their job. <laughs> Is to come from the internet to, like, rescue people from cults, but then they act as if they've never seen a cult before. Right, they don't, yes, exactly. They they. What's portray- their qualification to rescue people from things? So, yeah, um, and in, in, this, in this car scene, it establishes that uh, Alex, this is their last vlog together, um, and- A and, gunman uh, has my sister, please help me, PewDiePie. <laughs> okay, okay, bro. So we're here to stop a gunman. I'm gonna just phone him up now. <laughs> oh, I'm hearing a, a gunfire. Oh, <laughs> shit. Um, okay, so I had a heated moment, guys. Sorry, carry on. Oh, oh, boo. Boo earns, I say. Huh. Huh. Boo earns to your heated moment, sir. Huh. <laughs> uh, no, it's. But this this is they're establishing they establish it's important for them to establish that these characters are going to be breaking up and going their separate ways. It's more important that they establish that that what the fuck their credentials are. <laughs> uh, well, we know at least one of them can drive. One of them can drive because they're well, in a car and it is moving. And and it's Hannah that's driving. Uh, she's off to join the Marines. That's right. 
she can do shooty bang bang. Yeah, it's important to establish that she's about to join the Marines because that's how it will we will understand that she she's the only one who kicks anything resembling ass in this film. Yeah. Basically they're saying she'll be shooting later. But she hasn't joined the Marines yet. That's so that we can keep the main cast youthful and vibrant and vital. Right. She and can't I... be a grizzled how dare how dare anyone suggest anyone in that car should be grizzled or like a veteran or anything. They are young, vital vloggers who are off to join the Marine Corps. Well, one of them. The one right, who can drive. And I'm, not, I'm not trying to poke holes in the narrative here how or anything. You. My finger slides right through <laughs> without any effort. <laughs> it's basically a ghost. <laughs> um, but it was she get all this fucking combat training that she seems to demonstrate in junior ROTC like yeah that's Conrad I don't think you know how the army works right? <laughs> she can drive a car and has a successful vlog all right uh-huh i have a slightly successful video series and i'm a qualified professional wrestler Okay, with right, a so- really successful vlog, you get to join the army and deprogram <laughs> cult members. So basically, <laughs> our 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 society has transformed into a meritocracy. Yes. but it's all based on your ability <laughs> on to generate merit. video views <laughs> on streaming services. I tell you what, that means Black Mirror, didn't it? <laughs> oh, we got Black, Black Mirror. Mirrored. We got Black Mirror, but in real. <laughs> Uh, so what a great th- podcast this is. This is a fun podcast. Yeah. So this this crew, they're taking one last road trip together following up on this letter that someone wrote them about disappearances near Hope County, Montana. They don't know how right they are that this is their last fucking road trip. Oh, man. It's, yeah. Yeah. And they're, like, trying to set up a, a bit of a uh, Texas Chainsaw feel, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's fair to say. Yeah, I'm not well. No. Yeah, but that's no. that's that's the implication, I guess. It's the Montana Gun Massacre. Uh, the Montana Machine Gun Massacre. And then you get through three. Oh M's. well, they get yeah, yeah. They got loads of machine guns. They do. They're fucking everywhere. Uh, and so and, and it's this this group called Eden's Gate that is at the heart of this whole like suspicion of disappearances. So the, the group drives into. A town somewhere, and they meet with this letter writer, a guy named Mark, in a bar. And Mark claims that Edensgate has abducted his sister, but admits that she left of her own volition after spending a lot of time with Edensgate member John Seed, whose family runs this cult compound. Mark says that when he spoke with his sister after leaving, she didn't sound like herself. She was talking about the, the leader of the group, Joseph, who they call father. Um, and, and he sort of uh, doesn't know, know what's going on, doesn't believe that, you know, so, thinks that they've done something to his sister because she didn't sound like herself. She's distant and whatnot. And so they all get into the car again. And Alex is recording Sarah with a very small camera, introducing that they're about to attend a sermon by Joseph Seed before he tucks this small, it's about, you know, a little, little larger, a little smaller than a business card in, in size. He slips it into the front pocket of his shirt where he's already got a hole set up uh, because they're going to do some spy filmography. I'd also like to note in my my little script here, it says, before concealing the camera in his shit pocket. (laughs) I missed a a letter there, but it still works. He did keep a little nugget in there. (laughs) You never know when you'll need just a little nug. Yeah, yeah. If you need, it's 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 a defense. See, where Hannah actually knows real like self defense. Alex just keeps a, a, a little nug of fresh shit in his front pocket. He can reach into it, smear across someone's face. Yep. That's... Just just wipe it across and I grab. Ah! 
Rawr! And he runs away. <laughs> Better to have it and not need it. That's, That's what he always right. says. Yep. Uh, inside a tent with armed guards and a lot of uh, cheering ruralites, John Seed stands on a small stage and raises the specter of modern fears of the outside before he introduces Joseph, who enters dramatically to applause. And uh, Joseph gives his sermon, which is, I guess, compelling to someone, maybe. Uh, it paints it's a... Very, it's very Ubisoft as, a yeah. sermon, as far as sermons go. It's very Ubisoft in that it's all right and s- slick enough, but doesn't really stand up to major scrutiny because it's just all a bit shallow. And it's... I, it doesn't... F- feel like an effective cult leader's message. No, well, it just feels crowdsourced. It just feels like, well, what what is it they say in general? Uh, something bad about consumerism. Yeah, the, the, uh, the that, world outside oh, you're, you're is, liked. is scary. We're not connecting to each other anymore. We don't care about our fellow man because we're all obsessed with owning things. And Yeah, I mean, basically, and this could have been true for the whole movie because, I mean, you know, it's a 30-minute commercial for Far Cry 5. That's not... Let's not act like they were trying to make a Scorsese or anything. No. But he really... And, I, and they would have been better served if... Joseph Seed had just looked at the camera, even not even bothered with putting on an accent, and just said, this is our cult and this is what we do, and then just did, gave us a bullet point list of what they believe and what we can expect in the great upcoming game Far Cry 5. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he tries to offer an alternative to the outside world and all of the fear and destruction there. Uh, within his religion. Um, as they're watching, Mark points out his sister uh, that he was talking about sitting there. And, and and Sarah, who I would note and I, when I was watching this, and this was a painful process to watch something that was only 30 minutes. Like, I kept stopping. I kept not being into it. I was like, where the fuck is this going? Why do I care? Could it be less predictable? Because uh, when they're, you know, introducing these characters in the car for the first time, it's really noticeable how Alex is going, you know, to leave the country and Hannah is going to join the Marines. And nobody says fuck all about what Sarah's got lined up because Sarah (laughs) ain't got shit to do. Right. And now Sarah's here watching Joseph speak in the sermon and she's just like, I need something to do. This could be something to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm directionless. Here's this guy giving me direction. And that sort of makes I mean, me basically question she's how much like, experience these guys have with cults. I, I'm an Ubisoft character in an Ubisoft world. My <laughs> options are limited. I'm going to grab the first thing that my empty vessel of a character can have. That's how they operate. Characters, like human beings in Ubisoft universes are empty, hollow creatures that find exterior interests to latch onto and then use that to fuel an identity. They're very much like people who play video games. (laughs) (coughs) uh, After the sermon... Mark sees his sister hugging Joseph and starts to make a move to confront them, but is stopped by what I'm just going to refer to as the Scooby gang going (laughs) forward. Uh, Hannah points out that... I I would prefer... I I mean, personally, I think you should refer to them as the Scooby gang, but personally, I've been referring to them as the pricks. (laughs) Well, that's the short version. I think. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you went for the elongated Latin term. <laughs> uh, but Hannah points out that Mark called them because, like, they know what they're doing. And the effective thing to do is expose the cult, despite us not having seen any evidence that they really know what the fuck they're doing and that one of them is clearly about to be a convert. Yeah. Uh, this I realize they've only got 30 minutes to pack everything they, in. They but... do have to pack a lot in 30. But my God. God, they move quick. And, you know, they, they move quickly 
for something that has a whole lot of downtime in gunfighting later. Let's yes. Throw yes. that out there. Uh so the Scooby gang sneaks through a wooded area, and in a vlog perspective, Alex explains that they've traveled 15 miles from the site of the sermon, tailing the cultists, and that things are starting to get weird. They could, they, I would have tweaked that line to say, we drove 15 miles, because the way it's phrased, it makes it sound like they all traveled 15 miles on foot, which is absurd and silly. Just following the cult the whole way. For 15 Quietly. Like, like never being detected, yet still vlogging the whole way. <laughs> right. 15 miles of vlogging. On the other side of the log that they're crouched behind is a small pond. You know what? I think what this should have been done, like this whole thing should have been predicated, is these vloggers were following the <laughs> Detect a Cult Challenge. <laughs> It's a new thing, right? Uh BuzzFeed's warning kids not to do it. Like, don't try and find cults and expose them out in the woods. Kids have been dying. So this this is a cautionary tale. Yes, yes. About about trying to don't follow challenges on YouTube. Right. Fuck your Tide Pods. Fuck your exposing cults. Fuck whatever (laughs) it is else they do these days. Like, try and fuck a skateboard challenge. God damn kids these days, I swear. Oh, those children. They you know, they, know they, they know what to blame. You know, when I was a kid, nobody did anything dangerous or stupid. Oh, hell no. No? Uh-uh. Right? Yeah. I I seem to, I, I don't recall anybody laying in traffic, you know, like in the middle, like on the middle of, 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 of street lines. I don't remember that happening ever. Nobody I do not recall that. ever seeing my brother fall out of a tree directly onto his skull. Opening up his head on a rock. I never saw that. Yeah, sure, some kids die. Most of us come out fine. Yeah. That's <laughs> just... Uh, why do we think... Why, how do we forget how stupid we were, we were as children? Like, how does that disappear once we become parents and have to concern ourselves with the actions of younger people. Because we didn't eat Tide Pods. Oh, so what, we weren't that (laughs) stupid? No. Because we didn't have Tide Pods back then. Right. If there were Tide Pods back then, (laughs) I swear to God someone in my friend group would have eaten one. Yeah, someone would have half my skull would have I'm not sure which half I'd have been on. <laughs> they, well, I suspect half of your school would have been trying Jenkum. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I know a bunch of people that I grew up with that would have attempted that if it oh, had been a dear. thing when we were, you know, preteens. Absolutely. It's, oh, it's sad. Anyway, they are crouched behind this log and looking over a small pond were a couple of men in tank tops with the cult's logo, like, spray-painted on the side of it. Branding. It's all about the branding. They are baptizing a struggling young woman, someone who does not seem to be interested in being baptized. And before they dunk her, one of the men pours something from a blue barrel into the pond. And then they thrust her head into the water, and when she comes back up, she's calm and compliant, leading the Scooby gang to the conclusion that the cult is drugging people. All right, I got a couple things here. Because this really strikes me as incredibly impractical and dumb as an approach. (laughs) It's it's a it's about the sort of like xenomorph life cycle in terms of being a little bit convoluted and exterior. I understand the imagery that they're trying to evoke, you know, of a baptism, in in, in a you know, in a natural. Well, again, gotta stay on brand. But they have built 
or someone, something has built a small dam at the edge of this to collect the water to create this pool. And they're just dumping chemicals into it. And I mean, I'm sure that the whole point of it, you know, as the way they visualize it later with the second person that they do this to, it's all about like exposing them directly to it or whatever. I, I don't get it. I don't get it, but it seems like a really like just from a building a cult perspective and like maintaining security and secrecy on your cult. Putting your drugs into something that could conceivably enter the water supply somewhere well, else? actually, here's the thing. In the game, that is what they're doing. I wasn't sure where you were going. In the game, they mentioned that they have been putting it in the water supply to slowly, like, poison the whole county. Uh-huh. And... Like, and, half the lakes are green, and like, that's a weird thing because in the film, like this was weird. This is what stood out to me was bliss is like a really important part of the game, and that's the, the drug. drug okay. The drug, yeah. And it's in the game incredibly strongly associated with the color green. Like green smoke is constantly pouring from it. Um, the the character associated with it is in a green field. Like it's green, 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 green. Um. And it's blue in the film. Right. I did, yeah. It's just a blue liquid. And And it's not all misty. I just, from the perspective of, like, not wanting federal agents to come descend down upon and disrupt whatever your grand scheme is, putting your mind control drugs into the water supply seems like maybe not a great strategy. Because... Then you're not controlling who gets who's who's pulled into the fold, right? And shit just goes dark in an American city. You think the National Guard's not going to show up? Well, in the game, they just send a couple of people. They send a deputy to <laughs> just to... send a couple. Yeah. <laughs> so in a way, like they did guess correctly that they'd be all right <laughs> at least for a bit. I mean. They couldn't have predicted that one character would be able to bring down their entire organization, but they didn't know they were in a video game world. Oh, I, video game characters need to watch Die Hard. This is not. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's all you need to know. John McClane's gonna fucking come for you. So, uh, as as they're watching this scene with the drugging, uh, another cultist comes up behind the Scooby Gang with a gun. And they're taken before Joseph's seed. Well, that's one of the seeds with the gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's... Um, I forget. The Jacob, Jacob, I think. It's Jacob, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so Joseph watches the footage that they've shot on the camera and declares that God's truth must remain secret. And again, I, I point out a question... That's, okay, that's a fair point. Yeah, if you're having a big damned up place out in the public... Then you, I mean, you it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. I could see why they wouldn't be like concerned about being observed out there. I just think the thing with the drugs in the water is a bad call. Uh, build, build a pool, build a baptismal font, and do this shit. Yeah. Well, again, like I said, like because I know people are gonna call you up on it. Like the, it is part of their goal in the game. No, I get it. It's it's it might. I I see what you mean about the impracticalities of it. Uh, but people will be like, no, they they were doing that on purpose. Yeah, I, it doesn't yeah, doing, mean it's wise to doing just a dumb do thing on purpose lake. doesn't make it less dumb. <laughs> in fact, it may even make it more dumb. It just depends on whether you knew how dumb it was. Here's the thing: if if God wanted them to fail, then it wouldn't matter whether they dump it in the water or not. <laughs> uh, faith. So- you gotta have a little faith, Conrad. So Mark's sister takes his phone from him, and he's then dragged into the pond to be baptized. And when he comes up, we see through his eyes that he's now experiencing some form of audio-visual hallucination. Uh, yeah. A lot of the colors drained out of the world. It looks. It doesn't really look like a bliss hallucination in the game. No. Like, 
Because again, like it, I'm just surprised they didn't even try. Mm-hmm. They just they they just got some like blue coal aid, called it bliss. It's just so not what it is in the game, and it's like an integral thing that they didn't get right. And they worked well to make sure the characters all looked right. The ones who didn't weren't played by the same actors and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just really surprised that. That central thing, it was just, I just pull some blue liquid in a lake. Uh, so Joseph does some more preaching about the evils of consumerism, and then when he's done, uh, Alex is... It's fucking rich coming from Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is dragged in next, and we cut away to a car interior where we see, based on the redness around their eyes and wet hair, that the whole Scooby gang has been dunked. And John, no, no, it's Joseph. Joseph uh, is explaining he's building a whole bunch of bunkers to prepare for the end of the world, an event he calls the Collapse. And they are taken to a farm where John is greeted by a bunch of blank-eyed cultists. And he uh, he introduces Sister Faith, who is a giggly young woman that inspects the faces of the Scooby gang. Uh, Pausing... You know, on Sarah, just in case we'd forgotten in the last five minutes. What her entire character is. Right. Uh, That night, uh, Sarah... I don't care about any of these protagonists. Nope. I want them dead. Like I said, they're vloggers. (laughs) Like, I, I I am all in favor of video content producers and things, but the vlog thing... Especially the, the people who vlog on their phones and travel around. I don't, you know, if yeah. you want to set up a, a stationary place, do a little vlog thing, hell, I've done it. Sure. But, ah, oh, shaky cam drives me crazy. Like, put some effort in people. <laughs> eh, anywho. Uh, effort don't sell. Effort don't sell. It's so true. Ah, oh, it's tragic. Uh,. So that night, Sarah's brought to the uh, brought to John in a dining room in the farmhouse, and he tells her that she and her friends are now safe. Tells her that the Scooby Gang has been to, has been delivered to him by God, and he's going to send them on a quest, each accompanied by a member of his family, to go and discover their place in the coming new world. Uh, is that a thing that happens in the game? Uh. Like, none of these characters appear in the game. It's just the seeds, right? Yeah, the seeds are in it. Uh, one character ends up as a corpse in the game. Oh, okay. So there's a callback. There is a callback to the game, but it's uh, the the main one, the Alex, I think. Right. Spoiler, etc., whatever. Yeah, the okay. characters die in the half-an-hour commercial. I mean, oh. I assume they all die. It's just a question yeah. of whether they die in the film or in the the game. I I think the only callback is Alex's corpse. Mm. I think. Well, uh, she tries to... The note the... that's attached to the corpse might talk about their fights. I can't remember. Oh. There is a note with the corpse. Well, uh... She tries to reject this idea, noting that she has people she cares about, but Joseph, clearly a keen cold reader, or... He read the script, surmises that those people she loves are moving on away from her. Really not subtle. Um, Nah. But, you know, they've only got 30 minutes. Uh, Alex, Hannah, and Mark are tied to posts elsewhere, wondering where Anna is. Uh, I I keep swapping the name Sarah and Anna because I don't care what her name is. It's it's Sarah. It's Sarah. Hannah's the fighter. Sarah's the whatever. Alex notices that the camera in his pocket's still working and that they could upload footage from it if they get and access a phone or a computer. Uh, Mark and Hannah seem pretty fatalistic about the whole thing. Uh, over some drug-laced tea, Faith explains to Sarah that she saw the sadness in her eyes, and Joseph relates that he can understand her sense of abandonment, having grown up in group homes away from his brothers. And you know, So really, it's the system that failed these people. Pretty much. I um, mean, isn't... It's always yeah. the villain in all of us. Well, it's, you know, it's these these people truly are the forgotten men and women of this country. 
And uh, and unfortunately, you know, nobody in Washington is speaking for them. And so they're they're just out here alone. And 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 that's that's how you wind up, you know, following the banner of a charismatic leader. It's almost as if. It's almost as if. Almost. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, he relates he became awakened by God during his whole, you know, uh, time in the wilderness, whatever. And that led him down to the righteous path he now walks. And he invites Sarah yes! to join him. Sorry. Now, Mark gets himself free of the ropes and cuts the rest of the gang loose, and then they pretend to still be tied up and call for some help, knocking the first cultist out and that comes into the room, and then they get into a brawl with a second one. And as I noted before, Hannah does all the ass-kicking involved. Uh, Alex does some you know, struggling, but really everybody that goes down goes down because Sarah's the one who's about to join the military, or Hannah's about to join the military. Uh... They get a phone from a cultist and recognize that there's no cell service here. They're going to have to go do something about that. And uh, moving through the house, Hannah beats down a couple more cultists, and they find an armory where Alex gets a crossbow, and Mark takes an assault rifle. Hannah, or no, Mark takes a pistol. Hannah gets an assault rifle. Well, but she's going to be the one who's most likely to be trained at some point in its use, so... That makes sense. And uh, they head outside where the sun is coming up and move among the cultists' vehicles, deflating their tires and coming up with a plan to alert the local police and then upload their footage to expose the cult. Uh, Now, I guess I had, you know, assumed that the local police in this area are all sort of under the control of the cult already. And it would be the big twist that, you know, oh, they should have released the footage first instead of going to the police because the police are just going to screw them. But they only have, like, eight minutes to wrap this up now. They've got their plan. They're going to execute. And then Alex stands up, and, and there's this dude that was sleeping in the back of one of the pickup trucks. And he sees them, and Alex just shoots him in the eye with a crossbow. And the guy goes down so quiet, it's kind of hard to imagine that it alerted other people, but other people are now alerted and gunfire <laughs> breaks out. So, not super stealthy. Uh, Joseph, hearing the commotion outside, wonders if the end has finally come, while uh, Sarah, drugged from the tea, hangs out at the dining room table. Uh, Joseph and his crew chase after the fleeing vloggers as they escape into the woods. Finding some self-service, Mark then calls the police for help, relaying, and then relays to the remaining members of the Scooby gang that the cops are going to be hours away and that the group needs to upload the footage so that, you know, people will know. Uh, They continue to be chased through the woods, exchanging gunfire with the pursuing cultists. It is some of the... I don't know, it just feels really drawn out and anticlimactic, this gunfight. Uh, it's a lot yeah. of them sort of moving back in the woods, turning back and shooting, and then shots of other people shooting in response, and then a little more movement. And it's, just... it's it shares similarities with the significantly larger budget, more of a movie movie, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. In that the action sequences seem to go on longer than they should, and nothing really interesting happens. No, it's the interesting thing happens in the the interesting things happen in the moments of downtime, because mm-hmm. uh, it seems like nobody gets wounded on the good guy's side. There's nothing that like increases the stakes no. for them. Uh, instead, it's just it, it, it's Joseph, you know, in an aside telling his brothers to go flank them, you know, and that's the that's the thing that happens, <laughs> like. What did he do? The uh, the people who wrote this know what flank means. I, well, that is presumably that's something. They've heard the word, and they know it is used in fighting with guns. Hannah sends Alex off with the phone to go upload the footage while she and Mark hold off the the cultists. Uh, Joseph drops his gun and takes a few steps forward, and and Hannah's about to shoot him, but uh, got surrounded by the brothers. 
And Mark's already been captured behind her. She's got a gun to her head. So they're screwed. And it cuts back to Alex, who is running, and we're seeing the view from his camera as he's recording the footage that we saw from the, uh, at the beginning of this short exercise in Tedium. He gets shot in the leg and collapses, and Joseph approaches, saying that they shouldn't fight any longer, but Alex gets to have the last lap because it shows that this, the phone has completed its upload of the footage. And so Joseph destroys it, and tells Alex that he'll be cleansed of his sins before he's carried off. And as the film ends, we see the conclusion of Alex Alex's video as seen on a video sharing site where it's quickly increasing its view count. Way more views than I'll ever get. Oh, oh I didn't really even pay attention to how big the number got. I always do. <laughs> I always do. And that's that's it. Like... I guess it's not a lot, is it? It's not I a mean, lot. It, it, it wasn't going. I mean, I'm not saying that to be critical. Uh, no, it's, it's just it's not a lot of content, and I didn't realize it was only 30 minutes. But I'm not that worried about it because I don't need to be here two hours every single bloody time. No, and I mean, is so. Is this an acceptable introduction into what? Far Cry 5 is like mm, not really it doesn't make me any more or less excited to play Far Cry 5 right I mean if I, anything I mean I say more or less it would it might risk making someone less I say this as someone who watched this clearly after I'd already played loads of Far Cry 5 so I don't know whether anyone who hadn't played it would watch this and think oh that game seems good but I can't imagine they would right because I, I, the game is more action-packed and interesting, and and, and just show just show a trailer of the game. I I can imagine, you know, I mean, I can totally see why they wouldn't spend any time developing out these protagonists, because yeah. they have no intent of them being valuable to the story beyond this. You no, know, but this then point. the thing is, is he even even so, you've still got to spend thirty minutes with them. Yeah. And so it would have been nice. And you don't nice. care if they live or die. Yeah. It's, I, no, again, as I, I want to reiterate, they make me want them you dead. You do care. I you, do care. You do care. And you, you, you care for the reasons, presumably the wrong reasons. Yes. Or the wrong way. You, right. You care the wrong way. Yes. They... they I don't think the 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 emotional uh, conveyance that they intended for me to receive is the one that I got. Because these characters, if there's nothing interesting about them to endear me to them, they just seem like a bunch of semi-self-obsessed, uh, I mean, I hate to say millennials, but kind of. They, they seem unqualified for why they're there. They've just wandered into this stupid situation. They're fucking eating Tide Pods. And I don't think that's got anything to do with... Uh... I find millennial too buzzwordy. No, I agree. I agree, uh-huh. and that's that's. I, I'm using the parlance of the time. I don't agree with that. I think millennials themselves, in reality, are far smarter than my generation was. Like the the, the Gen Xers just said, "Oh, look at that! Things are pretty fucked up." Gonna do drugs. <laughs> that you know, like <laughs> that's what happened. Uh, I see millennials actually giving a shit and and you know making an effort to to do something to get about the problem sisters deprogrammed from cults with their cameras right so i like i admire their <laughs> initiative i just question their methods um <laughs> it's so yeah i i don't get an in, i don't get much of the characters that i should then be made to be interested in, right? There's nothing about the ideology that Joseph puts forth that hooks into me. Um, I get nothing on Jacob and John, really, other than seemingly John's charming enough to, you know, attract a young woman into the cult. Uh, I know nothing whatsoever about them, and and, and there isn't enough to, to make me want to know more. Uh, yeah, like it doesn't even really give us a good job of, uh, or do a good job of, of telling us what Joseph's much about. 
Like we get a little bit of backstory. Yeah. And we get that really surface level preach, you know, thing. But I, I you don't get much of a grip on anyone. For you know, I, I not knowing what the budget situation was or, or what the, I, I see why someone th- might have thought this approach would be good. For this particular kind of story and setup, I I would almost rather they did a little documentary. I thought that's what it was going to be. I hear Inside Eden's Gate. I'm thinking a, a fake documentary. Yeah. I was surprised when, you know, vlog turned into just you know, B-movie, action B-movie, right down to the long periods of nothing happening, which happens in a lot of bad action B-movies. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, it was, you know, it was there. I don't know if there's value to these spin-off movies, because, you know, this isn't the first game to have these types of short little movie spin-off tie-in things. And I don't know if whether the mere existence of this, a King's Glaive or an Inside Eden's Gate, just lends more credibility and prestige to the game, or whether they are intended as commercials. Because if they are intended as commercials, I don't I don't know how they're not just a big waste of money. I, mean, I don't see how this particular instance achieves either goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I am no more interested in playing Far Cry 5 than I was before I watched this. Um, and uh, I don't know if it's just a display, like an attempted display of status of just our movie, our, our game is such a big deal. We have our own short film propping it up. Just don't watch it. Just know that our game is prestigious. I mean, it, it could just be Ubisoft wanting the perception of Ubisoft as being a multimedia company, a multimedia company that yeah, does that. film and games and so forth. But uh, honestly, that's where I'm thinking. Like, like it's it exists more for something other than to be watched. Yeah, yeah. I think the motive it, of the movie isn't necessarily to be watched; it's to lend power. I think if you are interested in the subject matter that Far Cry 5 Inside Eden's Gate touches on and you would like to see something really good and what they should have done, uh, Netflix just recently, very recently, released Wild Wild Country, which is uh, about a commune. Rajneesh Puram that was in Oregon, uh, late 70s, early 80s, uh, and they did like, take over a small town and then politically worked to take over the, na- the, the surrounding county and, uh, and did control members of their community with drugs. It's kind of fascinating how many uh, parallels you could draw. Um, well, there you go. But it's it's a really interesting interesting documentary. It's in six parts. Uh, definitely see, worth watching. Ubisoft should have sponsored that. That would yep. have been a better, more productive use of their money than making this little half hour masturbatory session. Yeah. Yep. Go watch Wild Wild Country. It's uh, it's fascinating. Good stuff. That sounds good. That sounds like something I'd want to watch. Actually, I think I might go watch that. Yeah. Well, what are we gonna watch next time, Jim? Oh, is there another Mortal Kombat? Uh, There's a third one, isn't there? I, I, I don't know. I should have checked. I'm going to check right now. Hang on. Mortal Kombat movies. I'm fairly certain there's a Mortal Kombat. Here we go. Oh, there's plenty. This is... Dead air for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, God, why, why? Where is it? Where's the list of Mortal Kombat Rebirth? What is that? Oh, isn't that the fan film that was done? Uh... Yeah, these are none of these are real. These aren't real. <laughs> I thought there was another one. I don't yeah, think yeah I think it's just the two Mortal Kombat's uh, so far. There's a Mortal Kombat Conquest. Prequel to the movies, 40 minutes long. 
Oh no, it's twenty-two episodes. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that's what the, we're doing. the series. That's a nightmare. I was so confident there was another Mortal Kombat that that's what it was going to be, and so I just didn't bother looking for a backup. Uh, King of Kong. How about that? We had done that. Oh, yet. you know Billy Mitchell's in the uh, in the news these days, so that's uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been meaning to suggest that one. King of Kong. And that'll do for this. That's all right. They got a fucking hours podcast. Yeah, there should be no complaints about that. And it was a fun one. I enjoyed that. That was a good little one. Um, so that'll do. If you liked it, uh, I don't know why you would. You can listen to another one. We do Fist Shark Marketing. That's at fistshark.com. And uh, you can see it on iTunes, Fist Shark Marketing. It's about a marketing firm that we made up in our heads. And you can follow Conrad on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman. Or one word there. And uh, we'll see you next time for King of Kong. All right, bye. Bye.